morning. How, How are so, you? I'm so great. I'm so excited to chat. Me too. I love your little background. Oh, why, thank you. My little sign here. Um, and then my fiance's golf clubs that are over there. <laughs> Just random stuff that's like hidden in the corner. <laughs> no, seriously, that's my life. We share an office right now and I'm like, that's fine. We can, we can co-mingle. <laughs> there you go. How's it going today? Oh my gosh. It's amazing. It's funny. I feel like I've been doing like market research on you and I felt like the best and most authentic way to come at this was to go and listen to your first ever podcast. And so I went back, I listened to it and then I went and listened to your newest one. And I was, I was hearing the growth and you know, there, there's so much in between that. I think that I've personally gotten to experience that I really want other people to hear is that it's not zero to a hundred, it's zero to one to two to three. And, you know, we can go ahead and listen to your first podcast and say like, wow, that was iffy. I don't know if I would listen again to your newest podcast. Like, wow, I want to meet this woman. I want to pick her brain. I want to know where she is, but it doesn't happen overnight. And I love that. I got to see that transition this morning, right in front of my eyes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Whenever we have women that are going through our podcast course, I, and they're nervous to start. I'm like, go listen to my first episode where I did these dramatic pauses because I thought that would be really like suspenseful, but really it has you like looking at your phone being like, is this thing still on? Um, and I was so sweaty and like awkward, like sweaty in weird places. Right. Um, so I love that you did that. That's such a cool way to approach all this. I'm so excited. This is gonna be so much fun. Yeah, no, I am too. I am too. And the one thing I will say, I didn't really catch on to the pauses and it's so funny, the things that we nitpick about ourselves that others may not even realize, but I noticed that your, your authenticity, when you're like, I'm just going to make these weird sounds. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I love her. (laughs) Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. No, I'm so excited to do this. Yeah. So tell me like who exactly listens into your podcast? Like who's the person that you're most excited to have listening into your show? So I think that that's where I've kind of been. I started for network marketing. You know, that was my biggest market. Um, You know, that's the industry that I'm in. I've been in it for almost seven years now and I love it. But my, my background and my past passion is recovery. Like I'm 10 years sober, you know, I, I have like such a great story that I really want to speak to youth. And I find myself transitioning into that, but you know, I have a potty mouth and like, there's certain things that I'm trying to work on with myself. And right now my market is women in network marketing, because I'm realizing that a lot of, a lot of women don't normally seek like self-development unless it's for a purpose. Preach. So true. It's such a huge audience to serve. Like that was my background in network marketing too. So yeah, I love that. Love it. I'm excited. Cool. No, no, no. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. And again, like trudging along, if I go and listen to my first podcast, it was, I'm not going to say it was bad because I'm so proud that I got up, but I'm to the point where like analysis paralysis is real and imposter syndrome has kicked in this last year that I've really launched this podcast where I can lead trainings in front of hundreds of people. But when it comes to like sitting down with just me and not seeing anybody's face or reactions or getting to pull from anybody else, I'm like, Oh my gosh, who, like, who am I speaking to right now? So it's having to like visualize that person and who I'm talking to. That's where I'm at right now. And I, I'm, I'm a very, I'm pretty self-aware. So I feel like that that's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things is 
recognizing like when you do get your energy externally, like from other people too, where like you can feed off of their reaction and you have to do a solo episode where like, it's cool because like having a podcast sounds really cool. But like when you're recording by yourself, you've got to internally get yourself hyped up and actually picture in the person or the person in your head that you're talking to. And that's the only way I can do it is I picture this woman named Ashley and I know exactly the stage of life that she's in. And I talk only to her. I'm like, I don't care if thousands and you know, people listen to the episode, like that's amazing, but it's, I'm only talking to her and oh. that helps a ton. So yay. Wait, I'm so excited. to. Ashley? Huh? So who's Ashley? She's a person that I made up. Oh, okay. <laughs> like she's my, she's my avatar. So I just like picture her in my head of like the stage of life that she's in, where she's got this gut feeling that she wants more and she's lacking clarity. And sometimes anxiety comes up and she feels guilty that she wants more because things are actually pretty good for her on paper. And she feels like she, other people don't understand her passion. So she does things like network marketing or she builds a business or starts a podcast or has a blog or does an unconventional life choice, you know? So, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah. Interesting. Helpful. Cool. Interesting. Well, (laughs) no. So I'd love to hear from you where, like, where did you feel? I know that you've kind of transitioned a little bit and I sound like such a stalker right now, but I know that you've transitioned from like starting your podcast to really establishing yourself as like a quote unquote motivational speaker. And then now transferring into a niche where you're now, you're now marketing to women who want to start a podcast and women who are in network marketing. So where did you see that shift happen where you're like, you know what, it's time to expand. Yeah. So it's interesting because everything that I've done, I've started on the side rather than fully committing to it. So I could kind of try it on for size. So my background was first I was in IT recruiting. Like I went to college, got the job, was kind of working my way up the corporate ladder, had this gut feeling that I wanted more. And when I say more, I definitely don't mean that being an entrepreneur is more than working in the corporate world. I mean, like more aligned for me where I felt like I could be a fully expressed version of me. And it's so interesting because, you know, like we often become a byproduct of the expectations of our peer group. Mm. And my peer group was like my now fiance, all my close girlfriends from college that they were like, this is just what we do. Like you work your job, you work your way up the corporate ladder. You kind of just count down the days till Friday. Like that's just kind of what you do. But I was like, this is wrong for me. And I felt like I was kind of trying to water my personality down. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wasn't in it. So I started first my network marketing business on the side. This is back January of 2014. And I just listened to this intuition that was kind of like, what if I just started this? Like, I don't know how to do it, but like, you don't know how to do anything you've never done before. So like, I'll just start. And I really focused in on who else could connect with me that might be feeling that same way too. Maybe they would want to start a business or they would want to use some of the products that I was partnered with. Uh, Like somehow maybe, maybe they would understand this feeling and it really took off, which then exposed me to speaking to thousands of people at network marketing conferences from stages, which then ignited this fire in me that was like, whoa, I love public speaking. And then I had this feeling where I was like, I feel trapped again. Like we were kind of talking about every single stage that you get to in your life, you have this, like, you know, every single stage that you get to in your life, you have this level where you feel like you're like hitting the ceiling on what you believed was your potential. And you got to push through that ceiling once again, once again. And, you know, what happened for me is I was listening into a lot of podcasts 
when I was at that stage, trying to find people that I could borrow belief from that were a couple, you know, years ahead of me or a couple steps ahead of me. And I fell in love with the medium, but I didn't feel like there were a lot of podcasts that were like, come with me, let's figure this out together. I felt like a lot of them were like, let me tell you how I got through this later. Like, let me tell you my story now that I figured it out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's helpful and it's needed. And, you know, these expert type podcasts were needed, but I was like, I have this gut feeling that I don't want to be building this business anymore and I don't know what to do. So what, what about if, could I talk about this? Like, could I just start a podcast that was kind of like, come with me, let's figure this out together. So I decided I would start that on the side mm. and start talking to women that connected with that message, which a lot of them were, you know, network marketers that could connect with wanting to level up in their business. And they felt really aligned with what they were doing. I was like, yes, girl, go freaking get it. But some people did not so it's like, we're like, when I felt lost, I would go find authors of books that wrote books about feeling lost, right? And I bring them on my podcast. And I'm like, I need to learn from you, but also so does my community. Yeah. And um, so that really evolved. And then what happened is about a year into my podcast, I had a pretty, you know, incredible community around the show. And I was really listening to what they actually wanted from me. And so many of them were saying like, I'd love to be more connected to you. I'd love to connect with other women that are like this. Like, I don't have a lot of friends around me that are really into personal development and growth and I wanna learn more. So I decided to start a membership community. And at the time it felt like I had, the best way to describe it from like a physical reaction is it felt like I was in the ocean and I had a foot on two different paddle boards. And it was like, oh, you know, you could imagine the feeling of like being in the middle of the ocean on two paddle boards. And I just had to make the conscious choice in January of 2020 to step off that paddleboard. And I started building my own company and, and took a step away from network marketing. I still earn income from it, which is a beautiful gift about the industry. Um, but it's not my primary focus to build that anymore. So I started just asking my community, like, what else are you interested in? So many of them were coming to me asking about starting a podcast. And I was like, I know how to start a podcast. I've done that. I love podcasting. I can help you do that. Um, and then it really has just evolved. Then we started a podcast course about, you know, monetizing your podcast. We launched a merch line and then we launched, you know, now we're doing live events. So it's really just been this evolution. And I like what you mentioned at the beginning of it's not step one, step two, step three, step four that people think about. They think it's gone from one to a hundred, but it's like everything I've done has been tried on for size. Either I like it or I don't. And either way, that's good feedback. And sometimes we don't give ourselves that grace Oof. to just kind of like, be like, let me just try. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Yes. Right? Yes. I love something that you just said right now. It reminded me of this uh, speech that I listened by TD Jakes. And he said, I never realized how much a title would become an imprisonment that other people put me in. And then he said, you have to be what you are, not what they call you. And I think that like so often, it's so easy to be put in that box. Like I'm a makeup artist. I'm a network marketer. I'm a podcaster. And it's like, we can be so many other things, but branching out takes time. And then we're not going to yeah. get that like pat on the back that like, yes, girl, you're doing great. That creating that community. I think you've really done that so well, because even in my chats to this day, like your podcast is still something that's shared religiously and things are pulled from it where it's not just like, oh, that was really cool. But it's like, hey, let's do an action step from this today. Like take, oh. like drop your takeaway. Let's figure out how we can implement this. Not just like let it go in one year and out the other, but how can we get it to stick? Oh, I love that. Like that was the biggest thing too. Cause I think 
it's powerful to talk about things, but when you actually implement and take action right afterwards, that gives you the clarity that gives you the confidence. Cause like it's those tiny little things that are easy to do and are, and are easy not to do that make the biggest difference because it's like putting these little deposits into your confidence bucket because you're keeping these promises to yourself. You're mm. following through and actually taking action. And ultimately I think that's the biggest success in anything, regardless of what passions you have, what things you want to create, what businesses you want to start, whatever, is if you can believe in your ability to figure things out, because every action that you're taking is helping you build up this confidence bucket. When Sally Sue 293 on Instagram doesn't like that you're a network marketer or you're a podcaster or you did this, it feels like she smacked the side of your confidence bucket and a little bit sloshes out because you're a freaking human. Of course, you're going to feel it. But then when your sister doesn't get why you're starting this business or whatever, again, it feels like someone hit the side of your confidence bucket, but you're not fully depleted because you're so focused on those tiny little action steps that can help you like fill up that confidence so you can move from there. And we just, we trivialize these tiny little wins and like celebrating them. We don't stop until we get to this title. And then you get to this title and you're like, crap, I got here. And like, I don't even want this. Or you look back at the path that you took towards getting there and you feel like it wasn't worth it, which is, oh, like that's, that to me is the ultimate fail. It's not stumbling or face planting or having something not go according to plan. It's getting where you thought you wanted to be realizing that the path literally, you know, had you putting your relationships on the back burner and your health on the back burner and you're there and you're like, shoot now what? Right. So, right. so yeah. if you can give one piece of advice to me, to a woman listening right now, who's going to say, you know what? I know that I'm made for more. I just don't know what more looks like. Like, where would you, where would you say that they start looking? Yeah. I think it's with problems that you want to solve as in either problems that you want to solve for the world at large problems for yourself, problems for other people, problems that people come to you with and ask for your advice or your perspective on, or can you just help me with this quick thing? Things that you notice Uh, you are actually passionate about solving because then it's either you're working for a company that's solving that problem. Maybe you really care about like animal rights or something, right? Or animal cruelty. It's like either you start something on your own, you volunteer with a nonprofit, you work at an organization, or you, you make that your passion that you go pursue that path. And it's because the problem of, I'm just making something up, right? But like that problem is, is like triggering something in you that you're like, that thing pisses me off or this isn't right. And sometimes it comes from that place or it's a problem that you want to solve for yourself at that moment that you have to just believe that it's taking you down the right path. Hmm. So for me, January of 2014, I was building, I started building this business on the side, but it was because I was working at a corporate job where I was an IT project manager. My team that I was overseeing, they were software developers that wrote code to put on hardware. To to explain how like unaligned this was with my personality, it's like unreal, okay? But anyways, that was my job. Oh, he was like, meep, meep, meep. Yeah, meep, meep. And, the, and I'd come in and they're like, who's this Keisha girl? I'm like, bah, 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 bah. like I, it was a wild thing. But anyway, the, the reason why I started the business that I started in the first place came from the fact that I was working, I was living in Seattle and I was working with a team that was in China. So there was a nine hour time difference and software developers work really crazy hours. So I was so sleep deprived and my health got put on the back burner that it was just the last thing because I was so focused on my career path. So the problem that I had was I needed to find workouts that were short that I could do at home and simple nutrition. And that's how I ended up finding the company that I partnered with to build a business. So 
it, that wasn't my forever thing. It was for six years. I did that, but it, but it got me started down the right path because it was a problem that I had at the moment. So my biggest piece of advice is literally scan, whether it's people asking you, or it's a problem that you notice, or it's something that's like, it kind of just bugs you. That's where a lot of inventions come from. And it doesn't have to be something massive. It doesn't have to be a game-changing idea. It could just be a little remix on something that currently exists. Look mm. at Uber and taxis, right? Look at Airbnb, like and companies that started like that. Um, and then from there, it's I can't really give this advice without the last piece of advice to it, which is one, the problem to solve. And then number two is how can I take action in the next 24 hours to do something that's going to move the needle forward? Whether that's buy a book about this, that is, sign up for a course, reach out to someone on LinkedIn, you know, talk to your friend that, you know, is in that industry that you can like shadow and ask about their life, like something in the next 24 hours. Cause then it is a massive deposit in your confidence bucket because you're actually taking action. And as humans, we crave that progress. So give yourself a layup to actually feel like you're moving versus feeling stuck and then telling yourself that you're stuck and then looking for all the reasons that you feel stuck and then spiraling downwards into an ugly cry on your bathroom floor where you're snot and your mascara get together in your mouth and you're just like, oh, I suck. So, so, <laughs> oh my God. If anybody feels like they've never been there, you're lying. You're lying. Maybe you don't do it on your bathroom floor. Maybe you do it on your kitchen floor, but like you're crying and it's, and it's therapeutic. And if you don't do that and you hold it all in, like it's going to combust at some point, girl, just go get an ugly cry out. You're going to feel better. <laughs> yes. Yes. So how about for like the newbie starting that woman who is where you and I were, I was in the medical field too. Um, just, I mean, not too, but I was in the medical field. That's yeah. what transpired me wanting to start network marketing. So for the woman who's new, I have watched a pattern of people wanting to hop from thing to thing, to thing, to thing, hoping mm-hmm. for like that, that quick money, that quick fix, that yeah. quick purpose. And it's like, what, what is your advice to somebody who says, you know, I started a network marketing company or, you know, I started my own thing, but now I think I'm going to do podcasting and you know what, this just isn't working. So now I'm going to do this. Where, where's your intentional advice for her? Yeah. You, you have to stick with something long enough to actually be able to say that you gave it a full effort. You don't want to be giving a half-ass effort. And then looking back with a coulda, woulda, shoulda, what would have happened if I would have actually stuck with it because it takes a long time to get good at anything. Like you suck when you start everything new, like nobody gets to skip the you suck stage. Even if you were successful in something previously, which full transparency, this is something that I had to navigate for myself. When I, I moved away from network marketing into building my own business, I was at the like top of my game in that. Like I knew exactly what to do there. And when I moved to starting my own thing, I was like, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. Oh my gosh. I like, and I was comparing myself in that season to a prior version of myself, not to other people necessarily, but to a prior version of me when I was crushing it. And I was so new and I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, oh my gosh, this would have been so much easier to just, you know, go back to what I was doing before or to jump to something else to just get out of this discomfort, thinking that it was the wrong thing. The resistance and the discomfort that you feel at the beginning is because nobody likes to do something that they suck at, but also nobody gets to skip that stage. First, you suck, you keep putting your reps in and then you get good. And if you keep putting your reps in, and you find what you're really aligned with and who you're most excited to serve with whatever it is that you're doing, then you can get great at it. 
but you don't go from sucks to great. <laughs> you go from sucks to sucks a little bit less to gets good to gets better. And I, and it, it pains me honestly to see people that throw in the towel to proactively thinking that if they jump to the next thing, they're going to get it. And it's going to be instant gratification. But I also do understand why people think that because of the culture that we live in, where it's like, let me have this right here, right now. If I get it more quickly, then I think it's going to be more fulfilling. But to that, I say the things that were handed to you, the things that came easy to you, the things that you didn't have to work for, they robbed you too of the fulfillment and pride, knowing that you had to work through that season. And if it comes super easy and you get it super quickly, you don't learn grit, character building, resilience, skills that you are absolutely positively going to need to actually maintain the level that you get to next. And that's the reason, like I preach so often on Empower Her, my podcast about like not actually wanting it right now. Like I do not want my big dreams and big goals now. Like if a magic genie came and they're like, Kish, here, you can get all of your big dreams right now. I would say hell freaking no, because I would get them and I wouldn't be able to sustain it. I don't have the mindset to sustain it. I don't have the coping mechanisms, the skills, the team, like the self-awareness because I'm constantly leveling up. I'm qualifying myself to be able to handle that next next big vision. So when you stop at the beginning, you're robbing yourself of all of the joy and fulfillment that's gonna come from a future version of you three months, six months, one year, two years down the road that can look back and say, damn girl, you earned it because easy robs you of proud. So like, don't pick for it to be easier jumping to the next thing. I, I could literally talk about this for like five hours. I could go, just get me started on this, Megan. I'm like, literally like on a different island. But yeah, I mean, it's everything. You have to stick with it. I just don't want people to rob themselves of that, you know? No, you're literally speaking to my soul. When I joined my second network marketing business, I grew very fast. I hit the second highest rank in the company in six months. I was on yeah. cloud nine. I was making great money. And then all of a sudden I lost it. Yes. And for almost 24 months, I never re-ranked. I never earned it again. And I chose to keep going. And I saw everybody fall off. Everybody jumped from this company to that company. And I just kept going and I kept going. And I kept saying yeah. like, you know what? I chose this. I'm going to stick through it. I have like that gut feeling was like, nope, don't give up. Just keep going. You're not a quitter. Like you may want to take a rest, but keep going. And yeah, you know, four years later, I still watch women get discouraged when they're red legged or when they lose rank. And it's like, but what are you really fighting for? Like, what's the long-term vision? Mm. You know well, what? I don't get enough people yeah. share that. Well, and what you just did, I think is one of the most powerful things that people can do is when they attach part of the character skills that they're learning to their identity, not the rank, not the title, not the accolades, not the money, but that I'm not a quitter. So I'll give myself the space to rest, readjust, recalibrate, right? Slow down. I like to think about like, you don't want to build your business like you're driving a stick shift car up a hill and you're a new driver, right? Where you're like, oh, I'm all in. And then you're like, I'm burned out. I'm all in. Like you can just imagine anyone that's like driving while they're listening to this, like think of how you would jerk back and forth. Like, uh, 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 uh. it's just overwhelming. But it's like, if you're giving yourself this identity of I'm not a quitter, meaning I'm going to keep going and I'm going to find what that pace is that I can sustain. And then I'm going to build my business in seasons where I crank up the speed or I lower the speed if I need to, but I've kind of got that, that baseline that I can run with. And then when I know, which every single person actually knows if I've done it for long enough with enough oomph and heart, and I've tweaked things and I've been open to like, I've been coachable and I've gotten feedback and I still feel that it's not aligned. Then 
quitting is an option if you like your reason that you're quitting. If your reason is, oh, I did it for a couple months and it didn't work out for me. And you're telling yourself it just works out for some people and not for you. I would say like, are you going to actually be happy with that answer? Right. Cause technically I quote unquote quit, but after six years of a really fulfilling career path doing this, when I knew it wasn't aligned anymore, that's a very different type of quitting than a quitting four months in, or even after like seeing a rank and being like, holy crap, I still want this. Like, you know, if you're quiet for a second, drown out all the noise of everyone around you. I don't care what your aunt thinks about your business or if so-and-so had a friend who did the same business and it didn't work out for her. That's not a reflection of you. That's a reflection of her and her belief set. It's you saying, if I'm quiet, do I really want this? And if you do, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to the other people that are going to benefit as a byproduct if you keep going. Because so many of these people need to see someone that does it exactly your way with your personality, right? Like someone is attracted to you because of your sobriety journey and they're not going to connect with someone else. And if you stop doing what you're doing, they don't have someone that they're connected to. Just like someone listening to this, that's got three kids under two years old and you're somehow, I don't know if that's possible, three kids under four, right? And it, actually, I guess it is possible. Twins, twins, whatever. Yeah, adoption and all the adoptions went through at the same time. Anyway, point is, Someone needs to see you with your exact circumstances because they're not going to connect with anyone else. And I think like, that's always been a real driving force for me of all the things that I've tried and failed at, picked myself back up and, and figured it out is because I'm like, someone just needs to see my example of it. I'm living, breathing proof of what's possible for that other person. And if I don't show up for me, then I don't get to get the fulfillment that I want, but I'm also robbing her of that example. And I just, I don't feel like as humans, that's very kind to do. I think it's, if you're gifted this vision on your heart, it's because you're also gifted the resourcefulness to figure it out. But if you quit on yourself, then you're never going to know. And mm -hmm. that regret, that'll eat you, right? Yes. Yes. There's a quote on my desk that I look at every day and it says, you're only measured in terms of your success by your investment in terms of contribution. So how can you contribute? And yeah. that's, that's my driving force, even at this point right now in this moment is staying rooted in gratitude is not always the easiest thing, but it feels so good, but how can I contribute? And at the end of the day, if we're an entrepreneur, we're contributing by sharing what we're passionate about. Yep. So wait, I have a kind of fully loaded question and I feel yeah. like you kind of answered it a little bit when you talked about really trying to hone in on that happiness and what you're doing, but how would you say, you know, the difference between staying in your comfort zone and going past your capacity? When I feel that imposter syndrome type of feeling where I'm getting stretched coming in, I welcome it because I know that means I care about that thing. If I feel too comfortable, I don't feel stretched at all. It's like a little bit of discomfort where you feel it, it, it's physically like a feeling in my body that I get that's very visceral, that it's like, you are being stretched. You aren't yet the person who can handle this, but you're putting your reps in and you're getting closer. There's a difference between that and being so exhausted because you're wearing busy, like a badge of honor. You're afraid of asking for help. You're not taking people, you're pretending like being an imposter implies that you're faking it. You can't be an imposter if you're not faking it. So what I like to do is I think about I want to be stretched because if I'm in my comfort zone, I'm not growing. And then I feel really stagnant. I feel stuck. I don't like that. Like, I just don't like that feeling. We have to remember that as humans, we're literally designed to want to grow and evolve, but we're also 
working against our cognitive brains, which are wired to keep us in the familiar and keep us in the safety of these repeated thought patterns that we're used to. So you're working against your cognitive brain, but your heart and your soul wants contribution, wants growth, wants. So it's like figuring out what that is, where you're pushing yourself, even taking inventory on your calendar. Like when's the last time that I did something for the first time, period. Like literally, right? Like that's a very tactical thing to do, but I know the difference when I start to see that my reaction, like this is the the key for me. When my reaction to something is bigger than the actual problem, that's when I know I'm too stressed and I'm beyond my capacity. I can catch it now at this point because I've done so much work um, on myself. I can catch it typically before it happens, but I can tell when I get really stressed over something that's very, very small, I'm like, whoop, my reaction's bigger than the problem. And my fiance knows about that. My best friend's like my, my best friend works for me and she's the operations manager in my company. She like knows we know how to handle it when that's coming up. And then the first question is like, it, what am I doing that doesn't need to be done by me? Where can I ask for help? Where can I get more support in my life as a person? And then I think a lot of people run into this, especially in network marketing or in people that are building businesses on social media, they run into it when they're trying to be perfect, thinking that that's going to eliminate other people's judgment of them. When in reality, perfect is completely up to interpretation. So you'll never be perfect. And on top of that, when you're living what you think that you should be, you constantly feel like an imposter. And if you think it's energy to be a human, think of how much more energy it takes to be playing a part. So the person that you are when you're with your significant other, your best friend, your sister, whatever, behind closed doors, when you're a little bit goofy, my challenge to you is to say, how can I crank up the volume on being more that person? And you'll find that you don't get to that point where you're on the brink of burnout. If you're asking for help, you're getting the support that you need and you're acting like yourself, this can be so freaking fun. Like I'm so tired of the narrative that like building a business always has to feel hard. It feels hard because we're our own worst critics. And it feels hard because we don't get good at drowning out the noise around us or we don't have boundaries in place. But it's actually really freaking fun when you're talking to people that like what we're doing right now is work. Like, are you kidding me? I just for like, do, give me a spicy burger. Like, I would do this for free. Like, you know, we'll, we'll drink tea, whatever. I, I think it's just like, dang. I, I love me a good mocktail. Yeah, a good, you'll have, a, a, I'll have one with tequila, you have one without, and it will be a grand outside. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. That was such a great analogy. And, you know, I know that when so many people hear, and maybe even especially you, they can say like, well, you know what? She's just, she's just special. She just decided yeah. to do it. You know, she just got lucky. She started at the right time. Yeah. You know, there's always, there's those limiting beliefs that are going to be the thing that, that, that kill dreams. So what would you say to a woman who is just consumed with doubt and just can't seem to hone in on that self-belief, regardless of how much self-development she's doing? Yeah, I think I would get to the root of where this is actually coming from. Cause a lot of times the, the most common trap that I see people fall into is this comparison of other people are already doing it, or she's just better at it than me. I'll never be as good as her. She has something that I don't. And we're spending so much time watching other people do their life, build their business that really we're not doing anything on our own. So of course she's further along than you because she's busy working on her business while you're busy watching her work on her business. And then getting annoyed by the results that you're not getting from the work that you're not doing. Like it, it and that sounds harsh. And I mean it with a lot of love because it's like, if someone else is doing something that you want to do and you're telling yourself this narrative of like, oh my gosh, she's just better at this. She got lucky. 
it's instead reframing and saying, wait a second, if she's doing this and it's working, she's proof that the market wants it. She's proof of what's possible. Instead of looking at her and thinking she has something that I don't think of yourself saying like, thank you to her for paving the way. Like it's something that's on the forefront of my brain all the time, because I want to write a book eventually. And it's not like an imposter syndrome or like fear of starting it. It's literally like, I don't want to do it right now at this season of life. But I've had so many women on my podcast that have written amazing books. And whenever I'm traveling uh, and I'm in the airport at those Hudson news stations, like the little bookstores, I always go find any podcaster or any podcast guest that has written a book. I go look for their books. And if I'm friends with them, I'll text them a picture of it or I'll DM them or I'll tag it on Instagram. And I'll sit there. And I literally go to the airport 20 minutes ahead of time just to do this. I do this every single time. My fiance is like, I gotta go to the bookstore again, but I hold up their book and I'm just like, thank you for paving the way. Thank you for showing me what's possible. Thank you for being an example that if you can do it, I sure as hell can too. So it's getting to that place and understanding that that might be the, the thing that you're running into is just the story that you're telling yourself about you versus other people. When, if you make a gentle little reframe on that, that like when you're wondering if the market's saturated, it's like, well, well, they're proof that like the market needs it. Like I would much rather create something that already is proof of concept that people want it than try and come up with some brand new idea and then teach them how to do it. So that's one from a comparison lens. And the other thing too, is really just like a rock solid belief that I have that I think every single person is gifted a unique vision for their life. And it's not going to look like your sister, your best friend, your, your neighbor down the street, it's unique to you. So you, it's almost like this inner trust of saying, if I was gifted this vision, I have to also then believe that I'm gifted the resourcefulness to figure it out. I don't think you're gifted everything you need to figure it out. That's a common Pinterest quote that flies around. I'm like, I don't have all the things I need to get where I want to go. I can tell you that for damn sure. But I do know that I have the resourcefulness. So if you stay in this thought pattern of saying, I'll never do it, that's a 100% guarantee you will never do it. But if you instead say, maybe I'll just try on this idea for size. I'll just test out this belief that I was gifted this vision because it's for me. And my gift back to the world is being someone who imperfectly shows up and tries to do that for myself as my gift back to the world, do it to other people that are going to benefit. And I think so often about this extension benefit concept of who else is going to benefit as a byproduct of me going for it, that it feels extremely selfish to stay in that thought process of saying, she's just lucky. I could never do it. I've honestly reframed it as being selfish. And again, I mean that with love for someone that's listening. That's like, who's this Keisha girl? Like she's in the shower. She's like, what? She's going to be selfish, but try it on. Like if you're gifted this vision that somebody else isn't gifted, don't you think it's kind of selfish if you don't share it with the world? If you, if someone else needs to see someone that also has anxiety, that's also a teacher that doesn't want to be a teacher anymore, building this business on your prep period before and after your teaching, like navigating everything, like girl, you have to show up for her too. So get out of your own damn way and go. Sorry, I said damn. And then I said, oh, it was. <laughs> that's fine. I usually put like explicit on the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be needed on this one. <laughs> no, so shifting perspectives really quick. Yeah. What advice would you give to a leader in network marketing or uh, anybody who's a boss, a CEO, a leader in whatever organization where they have people relying on them and trusting them? What advice would you give them to them putting their success on the shoulders of how successful people are? Yeah. 
Ooh, I learned a massive lesson with this, uh, as a building a team, I had about 3000 women on my team and I didn't realize until I did a lot of work on myself that people aren't motivated the same way that I'm motivated. Right. And I think when you recognize how to like Enneagram has been such a powerful tool for me in helping understand how people are motivated to take action. And I think as a leader, it's your responsibility to keep in mind that your business will never outgrow your mindset. That's number one, for sure. But number two, that your business will also in network marketing specifically, or in any type of leadership role, your business will never outgrow your ability to connect and motivate the people that aren't motivated the same way as you. And, um, I, and I just, I assumed that everyone was motivated the same way as me. I assumed that like hype and collaboration and just getting really excited and trips and connection, like stuff like that was motivating for other people. Cause it was for me. And there was one particular person we were going for the highest rank in the company. It was the biggest bonus that I would have ever received. And we had a qualification period where we had to hold that rank for six weeks. And the last, or I guess two weeks before we closed on this, um, we, a, a woman decided to quit and, and I was shocked by it. I was like, wait, what? Like she had been on the team for so many years. And I went and looked back in our group chats and all of our stuff, we were hyping each other up. And she was the one person out of all of the other women, uh, the 14 other women that weren't like, that wasn't excited. She wasn't dropping gifts in the chat. She wasn't pumped about all the ideas. And I was like, how did I miss this? Like, how did I miss that? Did, did I care more about my goal than I did about her? And I had to do a lot of like deep thinking about it. Was that like, did I, did I miss this because I didn't want to see it? Or did I miss this because I wasn't self-aware? And what I ended up deciding was it was one of the biggest learning lessons that I've had as a leader in general is reminding myself that that's why the world is so beautiful is I don't want 7 billion Keishas walking around. Like how freaking boring would that be? Right. I want the complexity of if you want to be a leader, you almost have to crave the ability to work with other people and motivate and, you know, lift them in a way that they actually receive that. So it's knowing people's Enneagram type and it's knowing their love language and not deciding that you think that you understand how they're motivated and then getting frustrated with them from it. And, you know, one of the things that I would just say on this topic that's been very important for me in my growth in all different areas is as a leader, you're teaching people how to treat you and you're teaching them how to communicate with you. And when you're building a big organization and you've got a lot of people that have a lot of questions, what helped me is I had to lessen communication channels to make sure that I could protect my own boundaries because I wanted to be an example of how you could lead an organization like that. So other people actually wanted to do it and didn't see me working 800 million hours a day, answering texts and answering Facebook messages and DMs and all the email, like all over the place and feeling like a hot mess express because who actually wants to do that, right? So I had to get really good at boundaries and I had certain communication channels. Like I never let anyone that was on my team text me about business. I still, to this day, no one texts me about business, anything. Um, and I had to lessen those communication channels and it was hugely impactful. And I think it painted the vision of how it could feel for them to be in my shoes, which is important to do when you're in a leadership role. So what is your number one tip on developing leaders? I think it's making sure that you understand what their, why that they're actually doing this and getting to a deeper reason that's more compelling than their surface layer pageant answer. 
because anyone that's in a network marketing business, if they don't say one of the first things, like in the first three things they say that I want to help people do insert whatever, then they're in the wrong business. They should definitely quit. Like, if you don't want to help people, you shouldn't be in network marketing, but why? Like who knowing for them individually, who's going to benefit as a byproduct, if they're more motivated by how good it could get or how bad it could be. Cause as humans, we can kind of tap into both sides of that. Right. So for example, I'm very motivated by how good it could get where I'm like, I'm really a big dreamer. I'm a visionary. I like to think of like the impact could be this. And this could be the kind of messages that I'm receiving. And like, this could be the people like that I'm, that are, I'm changing their life, blah, blah, blah. My fiance, who is my, also my best friend and now new into the entrepreneurial space. He's really motivated by avoiding pain. Like, I don't want this to go away. I don't want this to be like that. So I have to almost paint the picture to him of things coming from the lens of avoiding pain versus me. I want to dream big. I want a container where I can say whatever that seems so totally crazy where someone's like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I don't know how to do that, but like, let's go. And he needs the comfort and security that comes from, this is how we're going to be really smart about this. So knowing that for the leaders that you're trying to develop, what are they most motivated by? And then knowing their actual reason of why they're doing it, which the first layer is your pageant answer of like, I want to help people like no crap. Like, of course. Right. Like that was me trying to edit myself. Um, no crap, but really that is right. Like it's that first layer. And then it's saying, but why do you want to help people? But why, but why? And honestly, when you get down to like five layers in and they know the answer to that, that it's compelling to the point that it makes them emotional, then you can actually support them in it. You can remind them of it. Like you're doing this because you want to be this example to your kids, not just someone who says, you know, little girl, you can do whatever you want in this world, but you want to be the example to your kids. That's like, mom, I know I can. I watched you. I watched you do it. And I think for a lot of women, they, if you can help them in particular, I talk to women so that men too, I guess, but like for women, if you can help them paint the picture of how building this business can contribute to why they actually want to build it. And it's deep enough, then you can help propel them to the next level. So at what point did you decide that you're, you're going to speak to women? I, I think just because I am, like I am a woman, I, I just really, I felt like I wanted to niche down because at one point I, and it wasn't just women either. Like it was a specific type of woman that like had a lot of things on paper that made sense and still felt uncomfortable. Like that's the woman that I really wanted to talk to because I, I wasn't, going to get up in the morning or when I had an off day, like I wasn't motivated by just talking to the masses. So even on social media, for example, or anyone that's listening and that is building a business, when I talk on Instagram stories, I don't say, Hey guys, or like you guys, I'm pretending like on the other end of my phone is my best friend is, is my avatar. Ashley is that is only her because I just, it, it helps me feel connective tissue. And I want to show up for her versus I don't feel this like innate desire to work through all of the crap that you have to work through as an entrepreneur. If it was just to the masses, it just doesn't give me the same type of fulfillment that it does. If I'm like, I'm serving this person, because what happens is when you niche down a little bit and you ask yourself the question, who am I most excited to serve? Or you say, if anyone could join your business, like if you are building network marketing business, if anyone could join your business and they slid into your DMs on Instagram right now, what stage of life would they be in? And what problem did they have that you're most excited to solve? And I knew exactly what that was. And then I felt compelled that I had to show up for her because she was me. And then if I was talking to men and I was talking to 
women that were in a different stage of life. Like I just didn't feel as compelled and I had to have a strong enough why to work through all the crap. <laughs> that's my honest answer. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. That that's, that's honestly something that I needed to hear full transparency, yeah. especially when I decided to do like, there she is, obviously it's completely weeding out like there he is. Yep. You know? So yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about? Because I feel like you have given me so much of your time. I have like pages of notes written on my computer <laughs> and I know that You're there's so a woman sweet. right now, just like, wow, I needed to hear something that wasn't fluff. Yeah. Wait, something yeah. you did say question. Have you been to date with destiny? With Tony I haven't. Okay. I have been to a Tony Robbins event, but I haven't been to date with destiny. Okay. That is on my dream board, but it reminded me because like when I get into a slump, I realized that like I go and watch date with destiny on Netflix and it's like my all time favorite, but it reminded me of when he's interviewing that girl. And he's like, you know, what is that thing that you struggle with? And she's like, Oh, it's my, it's my eating. And he's like, but what's deeper than that. And he gets to the root of it, that it's her dad not being around and looking for that validation and always feeling like she's not enough. So when you talk about breaking down these layers into leadership, it brings me so much back to that. So I feel like my last question is anyone in network marketing, how much is life coaching equivalent to network marketing? (laughs) I mean, I I don't know how you could build a business without working on building yourself. Like I, I just, it's the biggest opportunity for growth to build a business like this because you're navigating, putting yourself out there. You're navigating what actually motivates me. How do I create my own schedule? How do I actually show up when no one's telling me like, nobody's going to come to your house and be like, you didn't do your work today for your business. And that's a really new thing for a lot of people, all of the skills to being an entrepreneur and even tapping into opening up, like what I thought was even possible is because of building a business like this, right? Like a lot of people that listen into this podcast are building. And I think it's, important to recognize the season and the stage that you're in and how it can serve you for things that you don't even know yet that you want. And I want to touch on that because I just think that this is the biggest opportunity for confidence building. And again, like we talked about at the beginning, that's the root of everything is you don't know yet how this business is actually going to contribute to an even bigger vision than what you even thought, how this business could fund something else that you want to do in addition, how this business could introduce you to someone that you would never meet if you know, if you didn't do this type of business, what this can teach you that will help you build up the confidence that will help you continue to do other things. Like the community that I built from network marketing led into the community that I started with my podcast, which then led to my company, which led to the live events that we're doing and all the women that I've helped launch podcasts. And the ripple is not a ripple anymore. It's a freaking tidal wave. And you're in it right now. Even if you're at the beginning stages of building your business, I'm picturing someone listening to this. That's just like just starting. They're like, uh, it feels like I'm pushing a gigantic monster truck tire up a hill. And I have no idea if it's going to work out. Pay attention to your thoughts. The thoughts that you're thinking are so important as an entrepreneur, especially when you're just getting started because you don't have proof to look back on and say, see, last time I did it, it worked out or see when I stayed consistent, it did pan out for me. You don't have that. You're in this like anchor building stage where you're building up those beliefs now. So this is the time that it matters so much that you constantly take inventory where you're like, if I'm thinking a thought or I'm asking a question, your brain is going to kick on self-confirming bias, which is going to look for all of the evidence to prove that to be true. Why do I suck at this business? Why is she better than me? Why am I so far from where I need to be? Those questions that pop up, your brain is going to look for all the evidence. What if instead you say, why am I so passionate about this? Who am I most excited to serve? Like, I wonder how good it could get. I wonder how good I could get. I wonder what type of impact I could make. Better questions, better answers, better thoughts, better feelings, 
And that's going to help you stay in it and keep showing up, which is going to help you in a business like this. It's a compound effect business. Got to stay after it. And I'll tell you as someone who's a couple years out after six years in, it's still serving me from the person that I became in pursuit of it and all of the, the benefits of the impact that I've made and the community that I've built. And it, it's so freaking worth it. And it, at times it doesn't feel like it is, but freaking don't throw in the towel when you know, it's in you, you know? Mm. I love that. Yeah. For the woman who's listening right now, whatever you're starting, keep going. Don't stop because this vision isn't the next six months. It's not even the next year. It's the next five to 10 years. What does your life look like when you persevere? Wow. That is so beautiful. You, you've just blessed somebody with your, with your knowledge. Thank you so much. You're so sweet. Thank you so much, Megan. I appreciate you girl. Yes. uh,